0: I wasn't one of those those kids that grew up wanting to be an artist. I had been raised in a family of entrepreneurs. And when I was ready to go out into the world, I just needed to make money. Um, and I just thought I would be an entrepreneur one day. And so that's what I did. I went into a lot of different businesses. I... Um, I started my own wine business. I ran restaurants. I um, started my own clothing company that was in the. uh, I did this with a friend of mine, and our organic clothing was in Nordstrom and uh, Whole Foods and Whole Earth. And I I did a lot of different things that, as far as business goes, that were it was very, very successful. And when I was thirty-five. I just decided one day I wanted to become an artist, and needless to say, I had no uh, formal training. I didn't go to art school, but in hindsight, that really served me very well, Um, and I'm going to talk about why. Um, What I learned once I did become an artist, uh, I call myself kind of an accidental artist, is that had I gone to art school, I still wouldn't have been taught some of the things that um, I learned in business. So today's episode, what we're gonna talk about are the 10 things that they absolutely should be teaching in art school that I learned in my years in business and then applied it to being an artist. Let's get started. Mm -hmm. okay as we talk about these 10 things this first one is gonna seem like well no shit (laughs) so the first thing that should be taught in art school that isn't is how to build a business as an artist and I, I know that seems like really general but but stay with me here for a moment So in art school, there is so much emphasis on color theory um, and maybe composition and, um, you know, different art forms, which is amazing, right? That's great. But the, the emphasis on any product or any business, rather, is you have to have a great product. That's where it all starts. So... As artists, most of us who have not gone to art school, we don't really know how to make a great product. So, if if you're an artist and you know, or you're just feeling creative, or you, you feel like maybe you've just started out, maybe you've just been doing it for a few years, or maybe, hell, maybe you've been doing it five or six or eight or 10 years, the key is we have to have a great product. So, find someone who can help you make the best product available that you can create so you know for me i have two two distinct courses have the art biz for rebels course because i want all artists to know how to build a business doing what they love and have financial freedom doing that but i also have a course called the color course for rebels and that was created because you can't build a great business without a great product but i'm not saying this because i you know i want to sell you the color Course. It doesn't matter where you get the training, but make the very best product you can. That's where we have to start in building a business. The other thing is we have to know how to market that art, you know, when we're building a business. And when I say market it, there are, I know I teach 16 or 17 different ways to market your art. And I'm not saying you have to do every one of them as an artist. But knowing how to do some of these to market your art is important. So for instance, uh, knowing how to use social media to market your art. I I just did a previous episode on using social media. So be sure to refer back to that episode if you're interested in learning more about that. Um, You can, you know, knowing how to apply to galleries, if that's where you are, is a great way to market your art. Working with interior designers. You guys, there are four times as many interior designers as there are Galleries out there. So, if we're not tapping into interior designers, we're really missing something. Um, Knowing how to use email to market your art, Um, art fairs, like there's so many different things. So, um, first you have to have a great product. Okay. And then you have to be able to market it. And then, um, in terms of building a business, knowing who you are as an artist so you can build your brand. And I know that when I say the word brand, so many artists are. Uh, turned off by that, you know, especially art purists. And I get it. I really do get that because just the the sheer act of making your art is healing in and of itself. And we should not um, create our art just in terms of it being a brand, but we still are a brand and it can be a brand that is unique to us. Knowing who you are, Whether you're going to be, um, you know, somebody that likes to tell your uh, your stories about who you are through your paintings, or maybe it's ceramics or music, whatever it is, but knowing that you're a brand and what makes you different um, is really important to know when you're building your business. The second thing that they should be teaching in art school is really speaking to how to overcome. Um, Just that imposter syndrome, like hesitation and fear and doubt that is inherent to especially artists. Um, creating art is mostly a solo endeavor for many of us as artists. And we like it that way. Generally, we like to create alone mostly. Um, but what comes along with that is a lot of self-doubt and a lot of imposter syndrome, uh, especially when we're looking at the creative process. And I often talk about the creative process uh, being uh, six different steps. And by the way, I didn't create the creative process. I believe Adam Grant came up with this years ago, but um Uh, I can tell you that 100% of the time when I've created my paintings, I go through this process and here it is. There's six stages. Number one, this is going to be awesome. So, you know, we never start an art project thinking it's just going to just go downhill. We always start it optimistically. There's rainbows and unicorns and we're excited to start it. So number one, this is going to be awesome. And then we get to step two. It's like, hmm, this is tricky. And then we get to step three, and we go, "Well, this is shit." <laughs> uh, it always gets there, right? And then, sadly, that is when a lot of us as artists stop. And that's not when we stop. We just need to know it's part of the creative process. We keep going, and then number four, we eventually get to. Not only is this shit, but I am shit. <laughs> so that's what I'm talking about. About. How we need to talk about in, in art school about imposter syndrome and this fear and this doubt is inherent to being an artist it's inherent to our creativity so getting to that fourth you know third and fourth stages of this is shit and I am shit is just part of it it's not when we quit that's when we celebrate and we keep going and if we allow ourselves to keep going and we know how to get out of those stages because of you know previous training you know we have a, how to have a great product um, then we can get to the fifth stage which is this might work and well, that's such a good feeling. Um, and then the sixth stage of the creative process is, this is awesome. So it's it comes full circle. Sometimes I have to go through that creative process three, four times in the course of one painting. But knowing and understanding that fear and self-doubt and imposter syndrome is just part of having, you know, being an artist, just part of... of of building a business and the thing that we should be learning, this should be taught in art school. And um, just know that if, if you've never, um, if you've never pushed through to that, you know, through that, this is shit, I am shit phase, this is, this is my encouragement to you, that you are in fact an artist, it doesn't make you any less of an artist. In fact, it, it probably makes you uh, even more so. All right, number three of the things that they should be teaching in art school is shifting our mindset to owning our worth. Okay, now what do I mean? I mean from that. So, luckily for me, I uh, I spent years as an entrepreneur. I spent years understanding best practices on how to run a business. Um, so I didn't, I, I, I wasn't, um, ingrained in this starving artist BS, right? Um, I just thought, well, if I'm going to paint and I'm going to create a great product and I know how to market that product, then I'm going to be successful. But the starving artist's narrative, the you better have a plan B narrative, you know, that is there, there is actually no other career choice other than the priesthood out there that assumes and pushes the narrative of poverty other than being an artist. So knowing that that's the case, we have to change our own mindset. We really have to look at what we believe about ourselves uh, as artists, and we have to look about what we believe is possible for ourselves as artists. One of the things that I teach uh, with people that work with me is I, I talk about money stories, and we really dig into what our our own personal money stories, and we all have money stories. By the way, it doesn't matter if you've been uh, highly highly successful as an artist um, or not as successful. We all believe or have a have an understanding or a belief system about what we believe is possible for us. So, do we believe it's possible to sell five thousand dollars a month in art? If we've never done that, well, if you have done that, you do know it's possible. But maybe you don't believe it's possible to sell $100,000 a month in art. You know, we all have our own belief system about what it means to be a successful artist. So looking at our mindset and shifting that where it's necessary is really important for us to be successful and to have a thriving art business and art schools should talk about this. The fourth thing and I have found this to be so important is using visualization as a tool in our business. Um if if you have a skill set as an artist, using the tool of visualization will be important for you to be able to see your own success. Now, you may think this is a bunch of BS, but let me tell you who doesn't think this is BS. Um, you may have heard of people like, I don't know, Beyonce, uh, Lady Gaga, uh, Oprah, Lo. Um, And and those are just terms of artists, but also uh, Tiger Woods, Jack Nicholas, all of these very successful artists or, or celebrities use visualization as a tool that helps them in their business. Now, what do I mean by visualization? Well, there was... There was a, a study done out of uh, the University of Chicago years ago, um, and, and I'm going to get the study wrong. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to freestyle it, but I want you to go back and, and you know we'll put the study in the show notes. But here, here's the gist of it. So the University of Chicago, what they did with the basketball team is they wanted to see what effect visualization would have on, um, on free throws. And so they broke up the team into three different groups. There was a the group that uh, practiced their free throws. There was the group that uh, used visualization with their alone and didn't practice, and the group that that used both. And uh, again, go look at the study, but it's fascinating because they found that the group that used visualization alone and did not practice had the same or better results than the group that visualized and actually practiced. So it's really a fascinating study. Uh, For me, what the way I use visualization in my business is I will visualize, um, you know, going to the um, the mailbox and receiving money in the mailbox from from art that I have sold. I visualized my bank account, looking at my bank account and and seeing those uh, dollars roll in from art that I've sold and really feeling it in my body. It's, it's not enough just to think about it. You've really got to, to feel it in your body and see it happening. So using visualization as a tool in your business, you know, don't, Don't just take my word for it. Look it up. Look at some of the results that people have done. You know, Tiger Woods talks about it. Jack Nicholas talks about how he would visualize hitting the ball and it just going into the cup. So it's really important. It's a great tool. And um, we should, you know, why make things harder for ourselves? Use visualization. It's really worked for me. Okay, number five, something so important that should be taught in art schools, especially for us as artists, is Having different revenue streams. So, generally, what we do is we let's say you are um, uh, somebody who paints, or maybe you're um, someone who does ceramics, or you do sculpture, or whatever sort of artist that you might be. What we tend to do is we tend to think that we have to create this original work of art and And we hope it sells. So that is one revenue stream. By the the way, hope is not a strategy either. (laughs) But um, so we have this one revenue stream of this original piece of art that we have created. And then we just, yeah, we just hope that sells. But best practices in other industries show us that having various revenue streams to bring in income is really super, super important and the key to success. Like if you take something like, let's just say Starbucks, right? So Starbucks is absolutely known for their coffee, but they don't just sell coffee. They also have, they sell water, they sell pastries, they sell other complementary things for people who would be interested in drinking coffee. And in this same way, we can implement these various revenue streams for us as artists. You can, uh, for instance, you can um, look into licensing for your art. You can look into doing prints with your art or clays. So uh, looking into various revenue streams that you can bring in, in addition to selling your original art is really, really important. Okay. So we have gone through half. Those are five different things that should be taught in art school Let's get into number six, and number six is one of the things they should teach you in art school is how to manage your finances. And I know for certain from working with thousands of artists, that is not something that they teach Now, when we are thinking about managing our finances, how many of you just kind of cringed a little bit? Um, I know I did for years, and Um, What I so often see is we don't want to look at our finances. We want to kind of bury our head in the sand and really just, you know, again, use hope as a strategy. We hope it all works out. But there has not been a single successful business person out there that doesn't sit down frequently and look at what their expenses are to run their business and what their income is and looking at where you know where that difference is if you are spending lots of money on art supplies I feel you I see you I am you (laughs) I get it but we also need to be looking at is is that paying off and how can we bring in additional revenue to offset that so um Looking at your finances, I know it can be very, very scary, but trust me when I tell you, it's scarier to not look at your finances. So it it gives us anxiety when we just hope it's, um, it's working out, but we don't know for sure. Even if you look at your finances and you see that there is a deficit, that you actually are spending more than you're bringing in, at least that's information. Now you have something to work off of. So don't be afraid to look at your finances. And when you do look at your finances, you might be surprised. You might be really pleasantly surprised. But if you're not pleasantly surprised, then look at it as an opportunity for um, just ways that you can bring in additional uh, revenue and additional income. Don't quit, right? I always say I don't win or lose. I either win or I learn. So if you find that your finances are not where they want to be, then implement different things that you can do so that you can bring in additional revenue to be able to continue to be an artist and to do what you love. Okay, number seven, things that they should teach in art school. Now, I know they teach how to create art, but I'm going to go back to, they should be teaching you how to create honest art. And here's why. Honest art is the most powerfully energetic art that we can make. Honest art is the art that only you can make. It's the art that needs to be birthed through You. When we are looking at other people's art that we love, which I do all the time, so uh, I'm not saying not to do that, but when we are looking at other people's art as a way to emulate that art, then we are not creating the art that we are here to create. And what art schools often do is they will take artists to museums. And they will have them sketch and oftentimes copy the art of the greats, so that um, that's in the, uh, the the reason behind it is they want to you know teach artists you know how to make great art. But if we are just using that same method and just going, oh, I I love this artist over here, so I'm going to try to uh, to recreate that. We are doing ourselves. And we are doing the world a disservice because you are if you have been called here to create art, I guarantee you, you are not being called to copy what somebody else is doing. So we have to learn to trust ourselves enough to make the most powerful, impactful art that we can. And as an example of this, I many people know that one of my favorite artists um was at Basquiat, he created art that had like it was incredibly unique. Now, what if Basquiat had looked around at his peers, uh, like let's say Warhol was one of his peers, what if he looked around and he said, Oh, I need to make more art like my peers, then we would have been robbed of the power and the impact That he made with his art. So keep in mind, yes, Basquiat was just incredible, but he's not a unicorn. We are all artists. We are all called to make the most honest art we possibly can. Number eight, we need as artists to be a part of a community. And I've talked about this before, but um, as artists, yes, um, creating art is inherently solo, but um, building a community helps us to go farther, faster by being able to speak to other people. Like, maybe you just need to know, you know, tips on shipping art. Uh, maybe you need to know how to kind of get. Um, you're in a in the middle of a painting, and it would just really help to get another set of eyes on it. Um, maybe you uh, you know that you need to uh, create an email list because you've got had so many people that you know you want to reach out to, and and by so many people that could be 50 people, that could be 25 people, but you know you need a way to reach out to them with without a community. It's really hard to know how to do all of this stuff. That's one of the reasons that I love doing what I do. I love championing artists because I love being able to share, you know, 20 years of of information that I learned in my art career. I love being able to share that. So I appreciate you being part of this community, by the way, And um, but that's another reason I, I love doing this podcast. So having a community for you, maybe you live uh, someplace remotely Um, become a part of an online community, Um, but be a part of community. One of the things that I love doing, I used to live in Houston. I um, had an art studio um, with around, there was uh, like around 200 other artists within these studios. And it just, I don't know, it just really made me feel a lot less lonely. And when I had a question, I knew I could just go across the hall or I could go next door uh, and ask a question. So building a community, Or being a part of a community is really important for us um, to have a a great, successful art business. All right, number nine. One of the things that should be taught in art school is how to create effective marketing. Now, I was lucky that when I started painting, I had already been doing marketing for years, but having a a method of creating great marketing is important. And so using best practices from other industries has been helpful. And I'm going to tell you what I mean by that. But first I want to tell you generally what we do as artists. What we do is we, we paint something or we create something or we sculpt something or, or we do something. And then We we post it on social media, and and we hope it sells. That is not effective marketing. Effective marketing is more of like what J-Lo did a few years ago when she launched her product line. And what she did is um, uh, she let everyone know that her new skincare line was going to be coming out on January 1st. But did she announce that on January 1st? Of course not. We started learning that she had a new skincare line. She started announcing it the first part of November. So a few months before she released her skincare line, she started letting people know that that was coming. And she started getting people excited about it. And she had pictures and uh, she was using these best practices. And so then on January 1st, when she released the product, you know, people knew they were excited and they were ready to purchase. Additionally, uh, I'm a big fan of Ted Lasso. And after I watched the first season of Ted Lasso, I couldn't wait to find out when the next season of Ted Lasso was going to be coming out. And so uh, they announced that the new season was coming out two months with the date, two months prior to when it was going to be released. So these are really effective marketing practices. And I I teach these marketing practices in the Art Biz for Rebels because – well, and in all of my programs, really, because they're so important for us to understand when we – especially when we're releasing a collection – and um, how we need to market it. So, letting people know a few months ahead of time, getting people excited, creating a community, um, creating some FOMO, scarcity—all of this. There are there are great, um, effective tools that we can use to sell our work and sell our paintings. So, creating marketing campaigns and knowing how to do that is really important and should be taught in art school. But if it's not. I do so. That's <laughs> I think that's important. Okay, number ten of things that should be taught in our art school is knowing how and when to hire help. So, um, as an example, you know most artists tend to be like me, very right-brained, not so much left-brain, and yet there's a lot of left-brain tasks that come along with running a business, like for instance, you know, uh, math. <laughs> I absolutely hate math. I'm not good at math. And so having an accountant is, um, is not only important, it's really like I, I would be doing myself a disservice by not having an accountant. And I would could also get in a lot of trouble, you know, not paying tax, the right amount of taxes and so forth. So uh, knowing when to um, uh, get help and where to get help is really important. But so often, What I hear from artists that I work with is they say, "Jody, I'm just, my business is not at a point where I can afford to hire help. And I, I so understand that, um, there was, this was several years ago. I, I had, you know, a few hundred people on my email list and I wasn't sending out emails. I wasn't utilizing the emails, uh, and I knew I needed to. I knew that would that those people that had joined my email list that was a warm audience those are people that wanted to hear from me, and yet I wasn't using it. So I decided to get get an email marketing service, Mailchimp at the time. Uh, and I started trying to create an email using Mailchimp and after like six hours and a ton of frustration. I get a call from my sister and she's like, Hey, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm fucking trying to, go I was so frustrated by just crying, trying to create this email in MailChimp. And she says, Jodie, just send it to me. And I sent it to her. And within 10 minutes, she had uh, loaded the photos that I wanted and she had created this entire email. And the reason I tell you this is because as artists, we tend to think, well, I can't afford to pay somebody, you know, 20 hours a week to help me when in fact, someone else can be doing the same task that it would take you, you know, 10, 20 hours to do, and they can do it in two hours in a fraction of the time. So when we're building our Art business, we can't do it all. But what we need to do is we need to look at where we are spending time. in some of these, like lower level tasks, like loading, um, loading photos onto your website, or or trying to create a template for our emails, there are people that can do that in a fraction of the time. And knowing, um, you know, what those tasks are, and hiring out for them is super, super important. Now, I know that uh, if you're listening to this, if you've gotten through all 10 of these, that that maybe building an art business for yourself is important. And If I can help you at all, I I would love to. I love championing championing artists to have more financial freedom um, and more fun in what they do so that you can bring your incredible art to the world, because we need what only you can offer. If you would like to learn more uh, about the things that I have, uh, I know the Art Biz for Rebels is available right now. You can go to my website at jodieking.com. That's J-O-D-I-E-K-I-N-G.com. And uh, the Art Biz for Rebels is a course that I created that has all of this information and different ways. Like I specifically speak to how you can hire and, um, you know, what you should be looking for. I speak to 17 different ways for you to market and sell your art. There's a whole uh, process on there for social media. There's uh, how you can create a marketing campaign. All of that is in there in the Art Biz for Rebels. So if you'd like to learn more, please head to my website okay you guys until next time take good care of yourselves and each other